Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode. I'm your host and lead writer, Christian Fowler, and joining me, as always, Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen. Man, you're back in Memphis. How's it feel? You're you're back home. Oh, I'm happy to be back home. Charlottesville, Virginia is not, not the best place in the world. Spent a lot of hours watching basketball and sitting in a hotel room writing, but overall it was a great trip. Got to have some good conversations with some of the you know, some of Memphis' top targets for 2020 and 2021. And really, Brooks, I want to start with the 21 class because that I think that was our primary focus heading into the MBPA camp because those were guys we haven't gotten to see play yet. So I was really focused on Terrence Clark, who we know is going to be one of their top targets for 2021, the number two player in the class. And, and talking to him, he was really trying to play everything really close to the chest, not talking about his recruitment or visits or anything like that to the other reporters and then I said something about Memphis and his eyes kind of got big and he was talking about Penny Hardaway and Mike Miller and you know how excited he was to to be able to further his relationship with them and really grow a relationship with those with those two coaches. Just Penny Hardaway and Mike Miller since they were you know former NBA players um, you know it was it was an honor it was I mean I was blessed you know hearing it from Penny Hardaway was somebody that I actually looked up to and you know try to resemble my game after of course I want to be myself but you know, with him being who he was, six seven point guard, that's who I kind of bought in my game after. So, with him offering me and saying I, you know, I have changed was something special. How much have you been speaking with him since they did offer? Oh, a lot. Uh, you know, he tells me to keep in contact with him, especially when on Saturday when we can talk to him, you know, officially. But um, you know, ever since then, I've talked to him a couple times and just got to know him. You know, he, as a as a person, you know, he's a great person, and um, as much as a good basketball player he is, he's trying to help me as much as he can. So. You talked about being excited about that offer. What's it like talking to former NBA stars? It's great. I mean, you know, learning from those guys, you know, that's already been, you know, been there and done it. I mean, it's great, you know, just learning from those guys and, and hearing stuff from them, especially like guys like Mike Miller, that's also been a great shooter champion, you know, and, you know, Penny Hardaway, that's just been through it all. So it's, it's an honor, honestly. Like you said, you still got a while to go, but what was it like watching Memphis pulling that number one recruiting class? It's, it's ridiculous, you know, with guys like James Wise and Precious and all of those guys going there. Um, I wonder, I you know, I want to see how it works out. Just see how they play this year, you know, and that's obviously going to play a part in my recruiting, you know, how they play, and um, their speech and their But, um, you know, with them pulling out that draft class, it makes them definitely relevant. So. And I think that's really what the staff is, you know, what Penny Hardaway has tried to build with the staff is, is a coaching staff that players get excited about. And clearly they have that, and, and clearly Terrence Clark wasn't excited by the staff and, and intrigued by Memphis at the, at the very least. Um, and then keeping on that same track of 2021, uh, a guy that Memphis offered pretty recently in Paulo Banchero, who's currently the number six overall player in the 21 class, took home MVP honors at the camp, was incredible the whole time, six foot nine, power forward, uh, who really could probably play the three through the five, especially if, you know, if a team was in a small lineup, could play in the five. But he's a great mid range shooter. He's extremely smooth, one of the smoothest big men I've seen, um, you know, in my time covering recruiting. He's also a great rebounder and a great defender, and he's, he is really overall just a solid four, um, especially for only being a class of 21. So I was very impressed with him. And then Memphis also gave out another class of 21 offer in Michael Foster, who is the number four overall player, the top-ranked power forward. Um, 
not quite as smooth as Paulo Banchero, but a, really a brick wall on defense, really athletic, has great ball handling skills for a 6'9'4". So overall, it was good to see some of these 21 guys and, and see what they're you know what Memphis will be looking at in that class I mean and they're obviously after some some really highly ranked guys and then some other guys that were there going into the class of 20. Well Christian hey before you move on to that you you just jumped right into this thing you didn't give me any time to get anything in there. Uh, oh, you always still you always steal my airtime, so I was trying I to get appreciate a couple this. words. I, in. I'm excited about you being passionate about basketball recruiting coverage. So, but I do want to rewind. Uh, one of the guys you mentioned, Terrence Clark, uh, the number two overall player in the 21 uh, 21 cl- class. Um, over this past weekend, Memphis actually was able to start, and and all NCAA coaches were able to start directly contacting class of 2021 recruits um, and Terrence Clark was actually one of those guys that that got one of the first phone calls from Memphis on Saturday night uh, when you spoke to Clark uh, at the MBPA top 100 last week uh, one of the things he said and noted in your VIP article was that hearing that offer from Penny Hardaway uh, who is someone I look up to and try to model my game after was huge for me um, he was a six foot seven point guard, which is really what I want to be. So the offer was from him was something special. So uh, I think, like you said, it was just something that really stuck out for Clark. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out, and, and it shows early that Memphis is prioritizing him uh, since they did call him so early. Yeah, and I've been saying it since I turned on his highlight tape that. Terrence Clark is arguably the best player in high school basketball right now, which obviously that's not going to be a popular opinion with the twenty with the class of twenty one kid and with the with the loaded class of twenty twenty. But after seeing him in person play multiple games, I, I stick by that statement because he is that good. Pat Baldwin's currently the number one player in the twenty one class. I don't think it'll be long before Terrence Clark passes him because he is certainly an elite athlete. And I definitely wasn't trying to brush over him and just go through those because Terrence Clark is a special player and was and was arguably the you know the most impressive player um, at the MBPA camp. So it was it was definitely good to be able to watch him and and kind of confirm what I was already thinking about him previous to getting to the camp. Well, two tangents from that uh, that are unrelated to the MBPA uh, Top 100 camp. Uh, one is related because it's 2021. Another guy that Memphis called early was Jordarian J.D. Davison uh, out of Alabama down here on Saturday. And when Alabama Fusion matched up against uh, Terrence's AAU team, the Renaissance, uh, J- Jordarian J.D., he completely shut down Terrence in the second half of that game uh, and is a massive reason for the fusions come back in that game. Now they fell short ultimately, but uh, just goes to show you how good of a defender uh, JD can be because uh, Terrence is no joke. Uh, whenever it comes to offensive skills, being able to step out and, and he's also just huge. But my, my personal opinion on the best player, regardless of class is actually a 2022 guy. Uh, and I could almost flip a coin here, but I think Imani Bates is the top overall player regardless of class, I, and, and I would love to see that matchup. Now, Bates stepped down and is playing down with his age group right now, uh, but that would be a, a heck of a matchup. So that said, 
Class of 2020 was there as well, and some Memphis targets. Who, who were the top guys there in 2020? So first off was Matthew Morrell, who we know was the first Class of 2020 offer for Penny Hardaway and somebody that they've been on uh, really since Penny got the job and started handing out offers for that class. And he he had his moments. He didn't, he didn't play a ton of minutes during the camp, and it was a lot of the same for Matthew Morrell, continuing to prove how good he is on both ends of the floor. Uh, he had a lot of the guards hesitant to come at him because he is so persistent on defense and, and plays so close and allows no space on defense. But there is one thing for Matthew Morrell that, that I think coaching staffs and you know personally guys like us, analysts, um, would love to see is just him become more of a selfish player because he, def- he defers the ball so often. He's such a, a good team player, but he has that ability to score down low. And he's also really developed his three-point game. He's a much better three-point shooter than he was coming into high school, but he still he still plays like an underclassman as far as deferring the ball and stuff. But I know he has the ability to score. So that is one thing I want to see from him. And from talking to him, I know a lot of people, uh, since Faraji Phillips took that job at Vanderbilt, have really kind of conceded Matthew Morrell's recruitment to Vanderbilt. Uh, but when I asked him about it, the first thing he said is it hasn't changed my recruitment at all. And I know that can, you know, any player can obviously say that and, and it mean nothing, but he seemed to, you know, kind of be keeping the path and still following his recruitment and keeping steady in his recruitment and not just saying that, you know, because Faraji's at Vanderbilt, my recruitment has completely changed, which makes sense because Matthew's still a, gl- a guy that's climbing up boards. We saw him jump. 30 plus spots in the newest rankings to be in almost a top 50 player or right at the fringe of a top 50 player so he's definitely still improving he's definitely still catching the eye of analysts so I think there's there could definitely be more offers in store for Matthew so I don't blame him at all for saying that it didn't change his recruitment Um, but to another point he said that Penny Hardaway and the Memphis staff have not contacted him since he announced that he was transferring to IMG or since Faraji Phillips announced he was going to be an assistant coach at Vanderbilt so I think those are some interesting points that really show that Matthew Morrell's recruitment is certainly still up in the air Um, nothing has been decided there he's still you know weighing options and everything but uh, that was definitely one big takeaway from Matthew Morrell uh, from the MBPA camp well I want everybody listening to bookmark that thought that that statement from Matthew Morrell we're going to come back to that we're going to talk about prioritization of spots in 2020 and kind of where he falls and and what you'll see play out uh, over the next few months as Memphis tries to really figure out who they're going to target in 2020. But there are a few other guys in 2020 that Memphis has, uh, you know, they've they've stayed around the fringes with that were also there at the MBPA Top 100 camp. One of those guys was Dalen Terry. Memphis offered – and he is a teammate of another 2020 guy that Memphis has dabbled with, and that's Kyrie Walker, uh, another four-slash-five-star guy. So two elite-level pros- prospects from out west. And Terry, when you talked to him at the MBPA Top 100 camp, he said, uh, at first when Memphis offered me, it was unreal because they knew my name and started following me on everything. I'm literally talking to two people that have already done what I want to do. As being a big point guard, what has he told you about the way that he handled it when he was in school? 
He just knows that. He just tells me like like I'm any other player. He doesn't, he doesn't act like he's just like normal in their in their culture. So and I talk to Mike Miller a lot. And Mike Miller tells me the same thing. Uh, so then, like when you talk about the 2019 class, when you see what they did, having the number one overall class, what does that mean to a player in the class behind that? It's like if they do good, I can see what Kenny does. Cause like this is really his big first year. They're like great, they're good players. So like it depends on how the season goes, and I'm looking, I'm looking into my options. Uh, so again, it's kind of like that surreal moment for a prospect with uh, Penny Hardaway, Mike Miller. Um, so who else was there from 2020 that Memphis fans should take note of? And then we'll get into that discussion of kind of where do where do these guys fall in the pecking order? Well, I think going back to Dale and Terry for just a second, because I think this is a very interesting point that no one's really touched on is that I think people are still in this shock factor when kids say that it's unreal or it's surreal to be offered by the Memphis staff like it wasn't some sort of plan. That's what Penny Hardaway wants every time he offers a kid. He wants them to say, oh, my goodness, I got to talk to Penny Hardaway and Mike Miller, and that's just the effect that he's trying to create. So I think it's telling that pretty much every recruit that's been offered by Memphis has that to say, and that's definitely – planned out by the staff that's not just happenstance uh, but another class of 2020 target was that, that was there that Memphis offered back in January was Dacia Nix somebody that we've both been very high on since that offer another guy like Matthew Murrell that hasn't been contacted much by Memphis in a while and I think um, I think a reason for that could be is that Penny and the staff probably want to see what they have at the point guard spot right now with Damian Ball, Alex Lomax, Tyler Harris can play the point, uh, Boogie Ellis. So they've got options at point guard that could be there for a couple of years. So I think that factors into it because you really don't see them targeting a true point guard right now. And, and Dacian's obviously the top point guard in the class and the top point guard that they've offered. So I don't think they're just going to move on from him. I think he's somebody they'll, they'll – keep in contact with more as the summer goes on and as the season goes on depending on what they see their own point guard situation being but well they should rewind back to last august and july uh, memphis was not even evaluating damian ball as an option at that point you know they wanted to see how things played out and again bookmark this we'll be talking about this next this this all plays into that discussion of how the staff begins the process of evaluating based upon what they're seeing on the floor, what they know they'll have, have back, uh, what they're seeing throughout the summer evaluation period. So go ahead, Christian. No, absolutely. You're, you touched on that one perfectly. But going back to Dacian for just a second before we jump into the 2020 priorities, he fits the mold of what the staff wants at guard. He's a big body guard, six foot five. Definitely has room to grow. Still, I, I think he's probably somebody that'll end up being around that six foot six, six foot seven mark. And the court vision is absolutely off the charts. Uh, I haven't seen a, a high school point guard with that type of passing ability and, and court vision. Obviously, I haven't doing been doing this for a long time, but I've watched plenty of basketball to know that um, that type of basketball IQ doesn't come around very often and and watching him over you know over last week he just sees things on the floor that nobody else sees and obviously Brooks you know from doing this for so long that that can get you into trouble on the court because those guys honestly aren't as advanced as him so they don't see the things happening um, in the same speed that he sees them so he does commit a little bit more turnovers because of that because his teammates don't always see exactly what he sees but 
uh, I think regardless of where he ends up going to college, when he gets um, with some more advanced players that have better knowledge of the game and have been around the game a little longer, Dacia Nix will really shine because there's not many guys with that type of uh, with that type of ability, and it's certainly rare. Uh, but moving along now to what we've been talking about for a little while in this these 2020 priorities. We really wrapped up the 2019 class last week, Brooks. So let's let's dive into this 2020 class and really take a look uh, and set the big board for what 2020 could look like. Well, uh, I think right off the bat, I think you'll see a shift in, in Memphis's priorities pretty early, uh, mainly because Rajon Tucker was a guy that they identified at, at the small forward, the, the three position that they needed for this year. And when he didn't come, there's not a guy that they have lined up immediately to come and fill that position. And you look at the roster, and that position with a guy like Jaden Springer just jumps off the page. Memphis has deep ties to IMG. They've obviously been successful recruiting there. They've got relationships with that staff. Uh, And Jaden Springer is young. He's 16 years old. Uh, He's extremely young for his class and is only going to get better. He's uh, probably one of the guys in the 2020 class with the highest ceiling because of his size for position and just his age. So it would not shock me to see Memphis shift and begin to prioritize uh, Jaden Springer as one of those elite level guys that they just cannot miss on. Um, You know, you'll see them really start to hone in on that. Um, Who do you think would be after that if you had to guess? Well, after that, I think this is something that comes into play with the level of talent that they got in the front court in the 2019 class with James Wiseman and Precious Achiwa, who were both likely lottery picks. And then a guy like Isaiah Maurice will be out of eligibility. And then you'll be basically left over with a guy like Lance Thomas. Um, So I think five-star forward Greg Brown really becomes the number two option because he is arguably the best four in this class. He is freakishly athletic super bouncy plays motor, mainly down motor, low, motor. tons of yeah, motor non-stop completely non-stop plays very aggressively on both ends of the floor really has that killer mentality that you don't see a lot of guys have at the high school age he just goes out there and tries to kill everything um somebody i've been saying since the you know since memphis started recruiting him and i first really started looking at him that he could be a top five player he's drop. he keeps dropping a little bit in the in the 247 rankings but I think he has top five ability I think he's arguably the best four in the class and um, I think it makes sense for Memphis on every level just because like I was saying though the cover could be pretty bare after this year especially you know if if what we think is going to happen happens and James Wiseman and Precious Achiwa enter the NBA draft, which is the likeliest of scenarios right now. So getting a guy like Greg Brown um, is really, really important to this class. They're going to need a marquee big man um, that can take over the reins for those guys. And, and, and Greg Brown fits the mold of what the modern-day four looks like. Uh, I think I think he's really expanded his range. He's a better shooter than people give him credit for because when a guy's that good down low, that's really what people tend to look at. Uh, but I, th- I think he's somebody that you can really develop and, and turn into one of the best prospect, you know, one of the best players in the country at the next level because he has that type of athletic ability, uh, work ethic, and motor. So with, with Greg Brown and Jaden Springer both off the board, Brooks, who's the next? Well, I, th- I think you see a trend with uh, both Greg Brown and the next guy I'm going to mention in that Memphis identified them early. 
Uh, some of the other guys I think you'll see is that it's kind of like a late pivot or a shift after the evaluation period. But uh, this next guy, Jalen Green, has been uh, one of Memphis's top targets from the time that they actually took the job. You know, Sam Mitchell was uh, hired because of those connections. Mike Miller quickly established relationships with Jalen Green and his father. Um, so th there's a ton of deep ties there. He's the type of player that Penny Hardaway recruits. He's kind of got that flash and that flair. He, he's bigger than just basketball. He's kind of a cultural guy. Um, you know, you look at him in a lot of his videos. He's a guy that gets uh, gets it, it's that, that life is bigger than basketball. He's, and he's got a lot of swag to him, and it, it matches his staff very well. Um, and and Jalen Green's one of those guys. His recruitment, like Precious Achua, uh, has been extremely low key, like extremely. Um, and you know, I, I I honestly, you look big picture. Pretty much all of the unicorn fam is off the board. It wouldn't shock me if Jalen Green was one of those guys that went ahead and just got it over with. Um, you know, he's bounced around a little bit. He's, uh, you know, there's, there's some rumors going around about prolific prep, uh, possibly being shut down. Uh, and if that happens, Jalen Green's got some, some decisions to make. He's got to start, you know, putting his head down, going to work and making sure that he stays in that top five, top 10 level, uh, to match his talent. I mean, he's an elite level shooting guard and he gives Memphis, a ton if he were to commit um, so I think he's uh, you know way up there in terms of priority he's an elite level guy an NBA draft pick type of guy um, so yeah who's up yeah Jalen Green is an incredible talent and like you said he's he could definitely be a guy that makes a decision soon because of everything that's happened to him throughout his high school career and he could be somebody that just wants to get it over with uh, but moving along that brings us to Kate Cunningham uh, who recently put Memphis in his top 10. Um, a positionless player is really, really when you think about the future of basketball and what modern players are going to look like, Kate Cunningham comes to mind because he doesn't have a weakness on the floor necessarily. Um, he's really solid in every area, great on defense, great down low, um, is not a selfish player at all. He plays with Greg Brown on the Nike EYBL circuit for the Texas Titans. Uh, they make a great duo. They definitely play well together. The Titans are one of the you know one of the best teams in, on the EYBL circuit because of those two guys. And uh, so what what Cade would bring is just somebody who could play that one through three. You know, not necessarily that one unless you were in a pinch and just wanted to run a bigger lineup, but very solid at the two through the three. Um, and like I said, there there aren't many weaknesses to his game. He's a brick wall on defense. He he's obviously one of those players that that takes pride in his defense which I think is becoming more and more rare in this in this day and age in basketball. But that's a guy that is, you know, as everybody thinks, is going to be a difference maker. He keeps climbing up the 247 rankings because he's proving, you know, every every week on the circuit and every time he gets on the court that he's one of the best players in the class. Well, I mean, he's, he's yet another guy that has uh, multiple ties to Memphis. He, he plays at Montverde where Precious Achiwa was. Uh, he is teammates with Greg Brown. Uh, he is a guy who at 6'6", 220, uh, can play the point guard and does oftentimes. Um, 
and you know he, he's a guy that could could learn in a system underneath uh, another big point guard and Penny Hardaway. So um, you, you know, like you said, to add to it, Cade Cunningham finishes at the rim extremely well. Uh, has a tremendous mid-range game, rebounds extremely well out of his area for a guard, tremendous passing and court vision. Uh, he only shot 31% as a junior in high school uh, from deep, and I would say if he's going to play the two or the three, he's got to get that number up, uh, and, and he's also got to get kind of that carelessness that he tends to play with uh, under control. But that's a you know product of him being young and trying to figure out that guard position. So. Uh, again, an elite level guy. That's four top fifteen guys, right? Top four, top fifteen. Yeah, guys. those are yeah, those are all top fifteen guys. Insane. Um, so outside of the top fifteen, you've got uh, a local guy in West Memphis, Arkansas prospect Chris Moore, and then you've got Matthew Morrell, who we already talked about. So Chris Moore, you broke some news yesterday morning. Uh, I guess Monday morning about Chris Moore. Uh, Tell us that news, recap that, and then uh, talk about what kind of player he is. So Chris Moore will be on an unofficial visit to Memphis on Thursday, and then according to his family, he will also be uh, making an official visit to Memphis at some point during the fall, during football season. So it's, you know, he's close to the program. He's been to Memphis countless times. He was there for all of Penny's camps over the past couple of weeks. So he's very familiar with the university, very tied into the university, has a good relationship with Penny Hardaway. But on the floor, I think Greg, I mean, I think Chris is a, is a, diff, a difficult prospect to read at this time because as me and you have talked about before, at West Memphis, he has to play the four, which really has him out of position. He's a bit of a tweener that can play the three and the four, but at six foot seven, he's likely not going to play the power forward spot at, in college. Um, so I really think when he gets to shine is during the spring and the summer on the AAU circuit with Woods Elite, when he gets to play more of the three, uh, because he's so used to playing against those bigger guys at the high school level. And when he moves down to the three, he just is too much to handle down low. He's averaging, I believe, 17 and nine on the circuit He's right now. He's insanely consistent with his production in EYBL, which is hard to do. Absolutely. And it's something – so I do a recap every every week that they have, you know, the circuit games and that they're playing the different sessions. And every week that I dig through the stats and look at the stats, his are the most consistent. Now, there's obviously guys like Greg Brown who has games where he has 36 and 21, which Chris Moore is not ever going to have that type of production. But it's like he consistently has 18 and 10 every game. And like you said, it's on the Nike EYBL circuit. He's playing against the best players in the country. And although Woods Elite hasn't had a great year, Chris Moore has certainly risen his stock. I think he, I think he rose 85 spots in the new top 247 rankings from like 160 up into the to the mid-80s. So... Um, some of those guys that, that make up those rankings and, and our national scouts and analysts are really taking note of Chris Moore and what he does because, like I said, it's it's difficult for him to shine in high school having to play a little bit out of position against some bigger guys and, and really trying to do it all for West Memphis High School, which he's obviously done throughout his career. But this, this, this AAU season has been big for him. Uh, he's seen his stock rise, and, you know, like you said, he's he's one of Memphis's top targets right now, right behind some very, very highly rated guys. Well, Chris Moore, for me, is one of those guys that I'm interested in watching over the next few years because um, I want him to prove me wrong. And, and, you know, I usually make statements like that because I want people to know that I'm, 
I was right about stuff. Uh, but I'm, I'm willing to say that I'm not 100% sold on Chris Moore. And the people I've, I've spoken to, both close to uh, multiple high major programs, including Memphis's, and people just in, in the basketball industry in general, they'll straight up tell me, you're wrong. Uh, he's a dog. Like, I, I get that from all over the place. Like, he's just motor is nonstop. He's physical. He's tough. Uh, he's the type of fit. guy. Exactly. It's just, where does he fit? Yeah. Like, I get all that stuff. Uh, and I, I, one of my favorite college players to watch over the last two decades was a guy just like him in P.J. Tucker. I loved watching P.J. Tucker at Texas. Um, so I'm all about having a guy like that succeed at a high level. So I'm, I'm just really interested in watching that over the next few years, whether he's at Memphis or Arkansas or wherever. Um, so we've kind of just – we've killed this. Uh, I, I think we've gone probably our allotted time on MBPA and 2020 alone. So let's try to do rapid fire. Let's run through a couple other things, uh, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Um, so what else you got on basketball? Anything else? No, we're good on basketball. You can't get me and you talking about basketball. We just run <laughs> through it for 30 minutes like this. Well, I do want to, you know, to remind everyone, uh, Christian killed it from MBPA uh, top 100 this past week, has a ton of VIP content up on the site, um, has articles from all of the guys we've mentioned and more, uh, had a video interview with Kyrie Walker as well. A guy that might reclassify to 2019. Uh, and if you are not a member of our VIP boards, I teased where I think Kyrie Walker will end up, uh, I think a week and a half, two weeks ago. So uh, if you're not a subscriber, come over, check out Go Tigers 247 It's super cheap for your first month. So, um, yeah, so with that said, Norvell is absolutely killing it. Absolutely. I wrote a story on this uh, two days ago on Sunday afternoon looking back at what they've done so far in this 2020 class and and the way i started it off i think is the perfect way to start it off is that penny hardaway and his staff are incredible recruiters came away with the number one class for 2019 but mike norvell and his complete almost completely revamped staff of almost all new coaches are trying to prove to you know to memphis tiger fans and to the country that they can recruit at that level too and you know i think he's set the precedent in the last three years for having the highest ranked class uh, in Memphis history, minus the 2017 class, I believe, uh, was a little bit lower ranked. But he's continuing to prove that he can that he can get it done on the trail. Uh, so far, they've got commitments from Kalen Granberry, who is the number one overall JUCO running back, uh, former Raleigh Egypt guy. So he's got Memphis ties from Memphis. Then he pulls in Kendarius Taylor, who. Obviously, when he was in high school, I wasn't covering Memphis or, you know, extensively looking at Memphis high school football. But from everyone I've talked to, they really think he's one of the best receivers in the past 10 to 15 years to come out of Memphis alongside uh, a guy like Dylan Mitchell, who's, you know, went went to the draft and, and went to Oregon. So very high praise for Kendarius Taylor, and he's the number one overall JUCO receiver. So after that, it looked like, you know, you know, maybe they'll slow down for a second. Maybe they took a couple of these guys and then they get a commit from a, another wide receiver, Kobe Webster, at a, at a Texas high school who was unranked when he committed. And now he's inside the top 1,200 for the 2020 class. So 
once again, it kind of looked like, okay, maybe they're going to slow down. And then Saturday night, they get a commitment from Lou Dorsey, a former Illinois tight end who had over 400 yards in his freshman season at Illinois. Looked like he was on his way to a to a very successful career there and then looking like a draft prospect because he was on that type of trajectory. Uh, ended up having to hit the junior college ranks. Number one JUCO tight end committed to Memphis. So uh, they've had some incredible incredible uh, momentum on the recruiting trail so far and then on Sunday uh, they got a commit from a, yet again another wide receiver uh, and Kai Matthew who's cousin of Tyron Matthew uh, who plays for the Kansas City Chiefs obviously had a very prestigious career at LSU so Mike Novell and his, and his staff have started off the 2020 class in in a big way um, it usually doesn't start this fast for for Norvell and his staff they usually tend to start out with some smaller guys and then work their way up but as of right now, they're, you know, they're killing on the trail. They're in the top 60 for 2020 right now with only five commitments. Uh, number two in the American Conference with, like I said, only five commitments. So they've started out this class in a very impressive way. And I think it's something that Memphis football fans can get behind and, and really get them excited because obviously there is a lot of excitement on the other side of the program with the basketball program. So Norvell and his staff have stepped up and, and showed that they can recruit at an elite level. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot now, and I'm going to ask you what's next. So, you know, Memphis has started hot. Like last year, like the 2019 class, they started hot right after the big mega cat camp. Uh, in 2018, you know, last year, last summer, they had the big mega cat camp and then just rapid fire, guys committing left and right for the 2019 class. And it looks like the big mega cat camp paid off yet again so after those first five that first handful that committed for 2020 who were some of the guys to be watching out for over the next few months that Memphis you know has a chance at and, and you think are prioritizing well I think that's one thing you said is over the next couple of months and I don't think it's going to take the next couple of months because this staff is on a hot streak and it doesn't look like it's going to slow down uh, they've been bringing in official visitors like crazy that are that are seem to be sold on the program um, they're actually bringing in uh, Donovan Kaufman on Tuesday who's a three-star safety um, and a guy they've been on for a while was in Colorado this weekend he's been high on Memphis since they offered um, a JUCO guy from Asa College in New York Brendan Devera uh, got offered Three, three or four days ago, I believe, he's high on Memphis right now. Uh, Dante Fleming, a guy that was you know, on an official visit over the weekend. So there's definitely guys that are likely leaning towards committing soon, and Memphis is going to be left on their mind. So those are three guys right there who could, who could potentially pop off with, you know, within the next few weeks that, that, as of right now, are trending towards Memphis. So I don't see this staff – slowing down anytime soon because like you said this this is their formula they they t after that big cat mega camp they tend to start reeling in commitments left and right and um i honestly think it's because they want to evaluate for as long as possible before they start taking commitments you see a lot of teams that'll take them very very early and that rarely works out they rarely stick around that long so i think mike norvell and his staff want to find the guys that want to be at memphis and once they start taking a couple, then, you know, then obviously the train follows after that. So it's been a great start, but I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, so Memphis, out of all of the teams in the AAC in the top six recruiting rankings for 2020, they have the least number of commits. So it definitely speaks to that. Um, 
So I think that wraps us up. I, you know, I, I do want to mention a few things as we move forward. This will be uh, most likely published on Tuesday of this week, uh, and something that's tremendous, uh, Go Tigers 247 will be on hand for the media availability of some of the incoming freshmen on Tuesday afternoon. So obviously stay tuned to GoTigers247.com. We'll have a ton of content from that. Uh, it'll be the first time to actually hear from these freshmen outside of Insta stories <laughs> uh, from the media. And then after that, uh, coming up in the next few weeks, uh, Christian Fowler will be hitting the road yet again, uh, headed to Augusta and uh, North Augusta and going to his first ever Peach Jam, uh, an over, absolutely overwhelming experience. So uh, y'all be gracious with, with Christian as he tries to learn to navigate Peach Jam and all the crazy rules of, uh, of Nike and Peach Jam. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to figure all these camps and stuff out, but I, I think we're making it work. I think we're bringing the best content possible. And like Brooke said, make sure to head over to GoTigers247.com. Uh, I know everything slowed down a little bit recently as far as other outlets are concerned, but GoTigers247 is still rolling strong. We're still breaking news on almost a daily basis, so uh, don't forget to head over to the VIP boards. Uh, if you're not subscribed, sign up for that. Like Brooks was mentioning earlier, it's it's not expensive, Brooks. It's not expensive it's at not. all. It's two cups of coffee. Yeah, you're definitely you're definitely getting your money's worth. So make sure to head over there and check us out. And I'm gonna steal Brooks's line for this week because no, that's a wrap. No, don't no. It's not a wrap. It's not a wrap. <laughs> if if you love what we're doing, head on over to iTunes. This is extremely important. Rate, uh, leave a review of Go Tigers Two Four Sevens Tigers and Twenty on iTunes. Subscribe, share this with your friends on social media. Um, you know, we're really trying to build something here. The bigger the community, the better. Uh, so, with that said, now, Christian, you can steal my line. I, I, I pulled the trigger a little early, but now we're, it sounds like we're good now. So, thanks again, everybody. That's a wrap.